listen to your podcast. Welcome to episode number nine of Middle School Music. I'm one of your co-hosts, Farhan Malji, and with me, as always, I've got Dario Duet. Dario, how are you doing this morning? We're almost at the end of 2019. Crazy. Dude, it's nuts. I remember, well, actually, Spotify uh, yeah. must have graced you with some interesting stats this week. It did, it did. We can, we can dig into that a little bit. Uh, there's other stuff, of course, to, to talk about. I've been blasting Jay-Z as Jay-Z is now on Spotify. So we can talk a little bit about that uh, as well, maybe in a year wrap. What else has been going on that, that's of interest and maybe that we want to dig into? Hey, I'm, I'm full of fun facts. Uh, right. I think uh, something I kind of want to talk to you about is regarding the quality of music that popular artists put out today mm. and whether that's a tactic or a strategy to increase back catalog sales numbers and convert those numbers into platinum or diamond or even in some cases the song was pretty poor gold plaques. Oh, interesting. So kind of leveraging the back catalog almost as a marketing activity. Exactly. And leveraging new music as a marketing activity for back catalog. And we can talk about that. I mean, the Jay-Z thing kind of leads into that uh, as well. So we're going to cover some interesting topics. We can do our, our year in review this week as well. And, and as always, we can chat about what's new in the music space and what we've seen that's been released as well. There we go. So let's kick this thing off in our makeshift studio. <laughs> Just to apologize for the quality this week. Good, good call. Yeah, we unfortunately are good friends at Local Globe in Phoenix Court. We're closed today doing, I guess, some renovations or having a, I know they had a private, a, event. private event. But yeah, so, so we're doing this at the Anthemis uh, offices. So thank you to Anthemis. There we go. So stick around. Enjoy the conversation. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at MDLSKL underscore music, the tongue twister. And uh, let's do it. Great. Cool. So Farhan. Yes, sir. Just something to think about is that collectively we've listened to over 100,000 minutes of music this year alone. That's bonkers. Dude, it's like almost 20% of the amount of hours in a year just listening to music. And that excludes other platforms from, from Spotify. Yeah, so your YouTubes or your Apple Musics or um, whatever, whatever other kind of channels, iTunes, that we were using, we're not including. That's just 100,000 minutes on Spotify alone. And, and luckily for us, Spotify has done their, their year in review. They've given us the top songs that we've listened to. They've also given us kind of some data around our music. What was the interesting things that you learned about some of your listening habits based on what Spotify was able to tell you? Well, I mean, to be fair, I kind of knew most of this. The minutes thing for me was the most interesting. Most of you who know me personally wouldn't find this surprising, but my top artist is Eminem. Yeah, my top five, surprisingly Post Malone fell into the top five. Uh, I just think because I kind of, I liked his new album. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to... Not gonna lie there. What I did find was interesting though was how diff- how my taste in music changed over the, the seasons. Mm. So when I spent my time in New York at the beginning of this year, uh, I listened to a lot of very different stuff to, to what happened mid-year. My top track for the year, mm. so, which actually really did surprise me, was The London by Young Thug. Interesting. Uh, that, was, that was hugely surprising. Yeah, I found my top five artists that Spotify had curated and said that I listened to the most were interesting as well. I think there weren't any surprise. I mean, the only surprise in there was Diplo came in at number five for me. And I guess that's a little bit of Major Lazer. I've been playing a lot of Major Lazer uh, in that sense. And I'm guessing that a lot of the Major Lazer showing up 
is that in my rounding out my top five, I was interested in that they were all men. Like, so that was an interesting thing because I felt like this year, actually, I've been listening to a lot of Billie Eilish. I've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot of pop music, um, whether it's Ariana Grande or Halsey or whoever else. So I was surprised that they weren't as featured in any of my top five. So my top five artists, number one, probably wasn't a surprise. It was Ed Sheeran. Uh, number two was Khalid. Number three was Chance the Rapper. Number four was Love. Uh, and number five was Diplo. And so that was that was really fascinating to me. Just kind of, um, I know I rinsed the Ed Sheeran album. Like, that, that was not a surprise. But the round out of the five, I thought there would be um, some representation more from, like, the pop singers of, yeah. you know that the female pop singers that I've been listening to and maybe that's more on the later part of the year as you were talking about as well how your taste has evolved or how the seasons have impacted what you've been listening to uh, as well uh, my top my top song as well wasn't very much of a surprise it was I'm so tired by low I had been playing that song um, for <laughs> quite some time especially over the the summer um, that song got a lot of play uh, interestingly enough, I took the opportunity to kind of go back and you know, Spotify's done this decades review as well and your top artists of the decade and it's got your 2016, 2017, 2018 reviews as well. So I was interested in like some artists that people might not know have kind of come in more prominently. So for example, Snake Hips yeah. had uh, Gucci Rock and Rolla, which was uh, a song that I had listened to uh, quite a bit and they also featured in 2018 with Falling featuring Malika uh, as well. And so I was kind of interested in seeing, you know, artists like Major Lazer, artists like DJ Khaled. Major Lazer. Yep. Had kind of a lot of repetition uh, year on year. So I found that really interesting to see that there are, you know, some kind of standard um, artists that I do listen to. Sure. Two things that kind of come to mind thinking about that is, first of the year's not over. True. I mean, The Weeknd's released two tracks. We spoke oh, yeah. about this last week. I think they're great. I'm really looking forward to his new album. Mm. Uh, there's talk of a new Eminem album. So I don't know if you've seen on Twitter where he took the $1 bill and, and wrote B and then an R at the bottom, so it says Bona. I think you're, you're, uh, <laughs> I think you're, you're, you're maybe kind of jumping the gun. We're going to have a 2020 kind of rap as well, the little tease that we can think about the things that might, or predictions that we think might come out well, next year. But but in retrospect, right, like, I mean, Eminem also was not as prominent. I don't know, did Eminem, did Eminem release any new music this so, year? Well, two things. So he's just, he's featured on a new track today right. um, with uh, Fat Joe yeah. and Mary J. Blige called Lord Above. But on the boner thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. like, here's the conspiracy theory is that the B and the R look like a 13 and a 12. So B1 R looks like 13, 1, 12, which 13, 12, which is 13 December. Uh, So there's a theory that next week he's he's going to launch something. Way to end the year. But exactly. I mean, what do you think of this year overall in terms of of music delivery? Because something you highlighted was that you're listening more to to men than women. Yeah. But how many... So Halsey's great. I mean, I love it. But she hasn't released an album. No, um, but tracks. I mean, Love, Love. I haven't listened to other than like three or four tracks. Sure, but well. so, but do you not think think that the numbers here are skewed because Absolutely. like with the exception of massive artists like let's say in my case Eminem, like Post Malone just released a good album and I like the album. That's but, true. But then again, I'm kind of contradicting myself because in one of the episodes we spoke, one of the earlier sets. Um, yes, you should go back and listen to our earlier episodes. <laughs> they good. We we um we talk about whether people actually listen to albums these days. Yeah, but. I mean, I've always been an album guy, but I'm doing that, 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 that Hollywood's beating album cover to cover. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think like for me, Ed Sheeran's album was really, I think, the only album that I felt like I really rinsed from end to end. 
Um, I think Chance is there and Khalid's there and they probably, yeah, their album had an impact on kind of them being listed there, but definitely not from like a Love perspective or, um, you know, kind of a Khalid perspective, Khalid kind of. I mean, I'm trying to think who is the, the other, kind of, Diplo with Major Lazer, yeah, maybe an, I mean, I don't know. I think it's one of these things where it'll be interesting to see if it's a trend um, over time, right? And it might be something, to be honest, that's like a glitch in the matrix, right? With yeah. the way kind of Spotify is measuring, the way Spotify is looking at the impact of how many times do you listen to this album, you know, versus how many times do you listen to this playlist and the tracks. Maybe every listen isn't the same in terms of value, in terms of how much do they add, right? So mm-hmm. the fact that you might listen to, you know, 12 um, tracks by three different artists, but then you listen to this, like, a same number of tracks from one particular album, just because you might not like those tracks any more than the others, but the way Spotify might be measuring that is actually, yeah. this artist is really important to you. Yeah. When it might be three out of the 12 tracks that you really, really like Yeah. in that sense. It's interesting. I mean, you know, maybe one day we'll get somebody from Spotify and, and kind of give them a bit of a grilling to find out what's underneath mm-hmm. some of these metrics. But for now, it's interesting to see some of these patterns that are arranged and to question why these are coming up as, as the ones that we're, we're paying the most attention to. Look, I mean, it's interesting in the music consumption debate because obviously streaming has opened up the floodgates to allow us to consume a lot more music. And this is kind of, this is a good segue into uh, our discussion regarding back cataloging. So mm. one thing I did notice when I was listening to The Weeknd's two new tracks was if we look at his EP released at the beginning of last year, uh, he traditionally... It did not feature Can't Feel My Face as the mm. last track on it. However, now... It's, it's, it's magically there. appeared. So if you're listening to that album cover to cover, mm. you can listen to Can't Feel My Face. If you haven't thought about Can't Feel My Face and you start onto the album, you're going to listen to Can't Feel My Face. Interesting. It's going to increase streaming numbers. And then the song will probably be, probably be eligible for awards. And uh, it's a sneaky way of, of, of getting your numbers up. Um, it's legitimate, though. A good example, what got, really got me thinking about the whole back cataloging thing was actually the game's Born to Rap album. Now, I've spoken about this for a while, and not everyone's a big fan of the game. For those of you who don't know who that is, he originally signed to Aftermath with Dr. Dre. I really hated to love it. Jimmy Iovine and Dre liked him. He, he joined G-Unit and uh, fell out with 50 Cent back in 2005-6. Traditionally known for like heavy, hard-hitting gangster rap, uh, went through a difficult time the past year, has now gone independent in his final album release and has, in my opinion, released a more introspective album, mm. kind of celebrating the, the, the life of Nipsey Hussle, late Nipsey Hussle and um, his, his father, amongst others um, that have passed away. Now, I don't think it's a great album compared to his previous ones, and it seems to have got a lot of criticism on the forums. However, what it did do was it got me listening to his entire back catalogue non-stop. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think um, Jay-Z coming on to Spotify this week, right? Uh, December 4th, coincidentally his birthday. So happy birthday, Jay-Z, this week. And, and he releases all of his catalog onto Spotify. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious as to what that deal looked like, right? From a back catalog streams, revenue per stream kind of perspective in that they can make such a big deal out of this whole huge back catalog coming online and Jay being able to monetize that catalog. It'll be interesting um, and I'm kind of doing a little reveal of what I think might happen next year. But if Jay releases new music, what happens to that back catalog and how much he's able to monetize? Another artist that came up with a new album this year that was totally, you know, different to other stuff that they've done is Kanye. Yeah. Right? And did we see something like that? I mean, Kanye's 
late registration, graduation day, college dropout are arguably three of the best albums in hip hop history. And yet he can kind of experiment now, release new music. And I wonder if that does kind of impact the amount of capital that he's able to earn from some of those previous back catalog releases that were considered kind of classics in that space. Sure. I know, you know, Kanye West was seen in a picture with Dr. Dre mm. in the studio for Supposed Jesus is King 2. That would be, it sounds like that would have a very different sound to what uh, the first album was. Um, whoop, there Sorry, you there you go. That's the first in nine episodes that we haven't accidentally played music. <laughs> there we go. My, my Spotify year in review, I forgot to add music on it. Luckily, it was short enough so we don't have to pay any royalties. There we go. Uh, but uh, I think what's interesting about Kanye, so I've got an interesting story for, for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. So once upon a time, there was a rapper by the name of Hot, Hot Carl, also yep. known as Jensen Cop. And uh, he was engaged in rap battling and freestyling at USC. And uh, he got a record label, a uh, record deal, and was, 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 was growing in popularity. Now, I encourage you to actually Google him because if you listen to him, he sounds like the early days of Eminem, Muslim Shady. Now, I remember listening to a podcast a couple of years ago where he talks about, and again, it's probably a conspiracy theory, but who actually knows, because the music industry is interesting and political, that Jimmy Iovine came across Eminem and felt that it was important that there weren't too many white rappers in the space and considering the kind of persona and the image they were trying to build of Eminem and the way that he rapped, tried to suppress Hot Carl's career and apparently the same was done with Bubba Sparks and Paul Wall and whoever um, at the time. Uh, Hot Carl mentions that um, he met a guy named Kanye West Yeah. who... Uh, who he refused to have on his album because he thought this guy sucked and every label executive laughed at this guy and thought that he's this big-headed egotistical guy um, who would never make it and if we you know yeah sure Kanye's had an interesting couple of years but where we stand right now irrespective of his most recent release it's kind of hilarious how you know the, the guy who didn't want Kanye on his album no longer exists and the guy who everyone laughed at, in the same way they laughed at Eminem, is pretty damn popular for whatever he releases. It's interesting that you mentioned kind of white rappers from that period of time. Um, another artist, and I'll tell some more stories myself, that you should think about is a guy by the name of Neil Brennan. Uh, so I don't know if you know Neil Brennan, but Neil uh, Brennan is a stand-up comedian. He's also uh, a, a kind of a, a, a host or has been a host on The Daily Show with your boy Trevor, uh, your uh-huh. fellow South African. Um, but Neil is famous mostly because he was a writer on The Chappelle Show, kind of post his rap career. Uh, and he, I believe, has the record for being on like the equivalent of Hot 97 in LA, would have these kind of call-in rap battle shows. And he did like a month in a row where nobody could take him down. And never got a deal, never got released. But he also has this story about Kanye West around kind of interacting with Kanye West. And it's nowhere near as kind of graphic or as different as kind of Hot Crawl. It's quite interesting. We should give a disclaimer around Googling Hot Crawl. Because there is another thing that Hot Carl is related to that people might want to skip over. So you might want to Google Hot Carl rapper uh, just to kind of avoid some of the other stuff that might come up. But it's interesting that, you know, kind of all of these artists have similar kind of stories uh, around Kanye, around that behavior, around that activity. Um, but just getting us back to this year, right? So Kanye kind of releases this album um, you know, around kind of his uh, beliefs in God and around uh, Christianity and, you know, how he's trying to kind of empower or 
you know, kind of trying to kind of build out this kind of view of the world through that lens. And it's interesting, though, like if that had an impact on back catalog. And I wonder if that's a trend we're going to continue to see where artists maybe aren't spending as much time as they should on their new albums, but they're used more as a marketing activity to kind of be able to monetize some of that back catalog. Well, it's about the it's about the the personalization aspect and that's what I find interesting. So this morning I was sitting in the gym and I thought to myself, well, Big Sean releases single again. You know, he's gone through mental a series of mental health yeah. uh, issues um, which he's working through. You know, he did the rollout on 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 TV, etc., some of the late night shows and uh, the album, well, Berserk was the second song released with ASAP Ferg. It seems to have got some love from The Rock. Mm-hmm. Whether that's PR organic, I don't know. But he's kind of gone quiet. Part of me thought, well, he's gone quiet because the album or his, his, his rollout plan clearly isn't working according to plan, so he's pulling it back and maybe rejigging the system. Now, Murphy's Law is probably going to release a surprise album on Monday, but whatever. The thing is, though, is the streaming era allows for you to be able to do that. Hmm. But but it can still generate revenue because of the back catalogue aspect. Whereas before, you, you would the chances of releasing a personal album would like almost never happen because the label machine got in the way. It was pop records, and maybe that's what Big Sean's looking back at and going as um, you know I don't f with you, which was huge in the clubs, mm-hmm. was a great release. You know, and maybe he's trying to find that again. I don't know. I mean, the closest thing to it in terms of an introspective album was maybe when the the Latin American artists would release a a, a Spanish album. Yeah, totally. Uh, otherwise. People got, I think, maybe with the exception of a couple artists, most people would get ripped for it. Yeah, the Shakira, Shakira, and you know now we're seeing it with Jay Balvin and some of these others. Nelly Furtado. Nelly Furtado releasing a, a Spanish language album uh, ages ago. It's interesting. I mean, I think I wonder around the world side of things. One of the, the things that was interesting for me was the number of countries where the artists that I'd listened to had come from, right? And sure, Bieber is considered Canadian, and Ed Sheeran, and, and a lot of Brits, but there were forty nine countries. Um, where I had kind of listened to artists from and, and you know, kind of like artists like Jay Balvin, who uh, credits like Columbia as his home, right? Kind of adds something to an artist like, um, you know, kind of uh, Daddy Yankee, right? Coming from another market with Sean Paul coming from the Caribbean, even though, you know, I'm not sure if Sean Paul is actually still resident in Jamaica, but <laughs> kind of calling Jamaica is where the artist is from. It's interesting to see, I wonder how much you know, kind of artistry is kind of being influenced by where these artists live now versus where they came from. Yeah. Uh, in that sense as well. How many countries had you listened to? 49. I was 39. There we go. Uh, that's quite interesting. I wasn't even expecting that because I thought... 39 mostly, feels high as well. It does. Yeah. I mean, well, I thought it was mostly set in the United States. Yeah. But because uh, I guess it's more skewed towards hip-hop, but I was wrong. Yeah, especially when you think about newer artists, whether it's Coffee, right? Whether it's uh, Burna Boy... Yeah. Coming out and becoming more and more popular from the African market. Yeah. Um, as well, I wonder if that's having a black impact. coffee. Black coffee, exactly. I, um, I like it. You know, the the globalized music industry, it's mm. it's awesome. And I mean, I remember reading the music industry report last year, talking about the accelerated growth in Latin America and uh, how that's becoming the forefront of revenue opportunity for labels. Yeah, one artist we haven't talked about is BTS, right? Like yeah. you're seeing like the Asian market crossing over into the North American. European markets, right? I mean, BTS this week also launched a song with Love, so it's interesting to see those kind of crossovers. Song with Halsey, and their song with Halsey this year as well, right? So you're seeing these artists from the Asian market as well as the Latin market, as well as the African market, intersecting and interacting with artists from Europe, from North America, and that's been a really, really, I think, interesting trend 
to have seen kind of start this year and it's one that I hope continues. Completely. I mean, BTS had has had three number one albums on the Billboard 200. And, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know anyone who listens to them. It's not for us, exactly. perhaps. But, it, you know, obviously, but that they're getting that crossover appeal. With, exactly. With a collaboration with Halsey, a collaboration with Love, a collaboration with others. Like, But it's the fan base. It's yeah. about engagement. And that's what people don't understand. The North Korean music... Sorry, North... Not the, North South, the South Korean music industry... Uh, fan engagement is insane and it's something that we can talk about maybe in 2020 uh, I mean you walk to work in the morning in the tube and there'll be a poster saying happy birthday so-and-so because their fans have gone and bought tube space advertising space just to wish their favorite artist happy birthday it's it's crazy it's, it's, it's really awesome actually so it's been I mean there's been a lot of trends we've seen new artists we've seen old artists taking new stances We've seen intersections of different artists as well. I think it's been a really, really great year for music. And I think, you know, the other thing that's happened this year that's been amazing is the start of the middle school music podcast. The so best thing to happen. The best year. thing to happen in 2019. So hopefully you'll stay with us. Hopefully we'll record lots more episodes uh, in both in 2019. I think we've got another one coming up. And in 2020, hopefully the future will be bright for middle school music where old school meets new school and for the rest of the music industry. There we go. So thank you for listening to episode nine and uh, stay tuned for episode 10 just uh, before the end of, of 2019. Wow, can't believe it.